Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks this morning, and uh, I, what a what a great podcast we had yesterday. I just wanted to correct something. I do not stand for chocolate rice crispy treats. You know when they remember when they came out with chocolate rice krispies? I knew that was probably on someone's mind. That was like one of the greatest eras known to mankind. And I be, I believe they had peanut butter rice krispies at one point, folks. That's an uh, what is that? Abomination. <laughs> abomination. It's a defamation. Yeah. It's, it's the definition of an abomination right there. Yeah. And yeah. chocolate rice crispy treats are not rice crispy treats. And may I say, this is just me personally. I know we talked about rice crispy treats and socialism and that girl, uh, Big Bertha there stealing all nine of them. This is what I'm thinking of. This is where I'm at. And and I'm not judging anybody, man. I uh you know, I I've been there, man. My my clothes were so tight one time, I was afraid my button was going to take out the pastor if I coughed. And uh, But listen, man, you know, when it comes to, there's got to be a book, I think, Stephanie, that goes out about potluck management and how church people should react. Because there are some among us that don't get, and I'm still bitter about it. And uh, <laughs> anyway, with me as always. So I think that we should give, uh, I think that there should be a class on how to handle potlucks. And maybe there shouldn't be potlucks. You know, we just came from a church that catered, uh, catered the meeting we were doing there, a Valentine banquet on Saturday night. That food, I'm going to tell you what, it was so good. You know, folks, consider catering. And, you know, maybe this is a point where we tell people, if you can afford it, Take that boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, or wife out to supper. Don't let them know where they're going. Kidnap them. Throw them in the car. Uh, take them somewhere where you know they like the food. And you know what? Have some Rice Krispie treats wrapped up in the back of the car for dessert on the way home. Stop and get a Starbucks, chai tea latte, uh, no water, extra hot. Eat one of those Rice Krispie treats on the way home. And let me tell you, uh, everything will be all right. So what's going on with you, Stephanie? If I can add a little personal advice. Yeah. Cheesecake. Um, something along those lines might rate higher in the girl's mind than a Rice Krispie treat. Just saying. Well, I was saying it from a guy perspective. You were saying okay. it from a girl perspective. And if you really want to impress the guy, okay, I'll throw this out there. You can put Lucky Charms in the Rice Krispie treats, praise <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, and then you might get some real impressing going on there. <laughs> so there's a lot of news to report this week. There's a lot going on. Uh, I think lights are starting to go back on in Texas, hopefully. I, uh, I looked a few minutes ago uh, while on a break. It seems like some people wrote, I have lights. So uh, let's pray. Let's continue to pray about that. We can't go weeks without electricity there in Texas. Uh, we need to work that out. And uh, in other news, uh, Thor continues on. Uh, and uh, he's he's not the man he used to be, but he's still Thor. 
and I'm, I'm still going to love him. And uh, so that's where we are. Anything you want to say, Stephanie, before we get going this morning? Wow. What do I want to say? Um, I, I just want to say, you, you know, you're a mom to a bunch of boys when throwing a third time in a row, a reptile party, and there's excitement about it. You know, you're a mom to boys when that happens. So it's a reptile party for Caleb, if you haven't picked up on that. Oh, and no. Caleb, yes. And it's going to be a turtle party. And uh, At least we moved on from dinosaurs. We've had dinosaurs for two years. He wants turtles this year. So I need to count my blessings. And there is a turtle. They do have a pet turtle. And have they taken that turtle to the vet and got him fixed? No. They did that to the good-looking golden retriever. That's all I want to say. But anyway, here we are. We're in Psalm number 69. Oh, we almost forgot the Norton knuckle-headed moment. And uh, I, I think it's your turn. So, Doug, in my estimation, you might be a knucklehead if you use social media to stalk people or spy on them. Yeah, you know. And that's your You're a knucklehead. Let me tell you, you are the lowest form of life if you're stalking somebody or spying on somebody for someone else. You know, you're the type of person that David's talking about here. Uh, that in Psalm, yeah. that in 69, that's, that's total knuckleheadedness. If you look up the definition of knucklehead, there's going to be a picture of you if you're stalking people on Facebook or spying on people to give information to someone else. That's all I want to say. That, that is a low form of life. I might even add that that's every bit as bad as taking the nine Rice Krispie treats. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I think this one may be as bad as that. That's all I'm saying. It might come close. Yeah. And, and let me say this. I know it's not my turn. If you have a runny nose, you might be a knucklehead if you don't blow that nose and you let it drip <laughs> as you go around life. I am sick of drippy, runny noses everywhere I go lately. You know, you got your mask and you got it under your nose and you're dripping. All right, there's drippings coming off your nose. All right, stop that. Stop it right now. All right, so here we are on Psalm 69. We thank Sister Norton for giving us this time with the Norton knuckleheaded moment. But here we come to a good place in the Psalm, I think, Stephanie. I think yeah. you'll be able, uh, I think we'll be able to find some nice things to talk about with our brethren here. It says, I will praise the name of God with a song and I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullocks that hath horns and hoofs. The humble shall see this and be glad, and your heart shall live that seek God. For the God heareth the poor and despiseth not his prisoners. Let the heaven and earth praise him in the seas and everything that moveth therein. For God will save Zion and will build the cities of Judah that they may dwell there and have it in possession. The seed also of his servants shall inherit it and they that love his name shall dwell therein. Now, Stephanie pointed out earlier, this is a messianic psalm. This uh, after Psalm 10 and after Psalm 22 is the most quoted psalm in the New Testament. And so here we are in Psalm 69 as we wrap it up. And right out of the back, he's praising the name of God with a song. 
and magnifying him with thanksgiving. Now, you're the songstress. You are the song person, the singer, the artist. Uh, what should people think about? What, what should praising God with a song look like? Well, I think um, a huge principle, um, a tremendous principle in our music should be when what we're listening to or or if you are a musician or um, someone who sings, is your music such that it is praising the name of God? Is it such that it is magnifying him with thanksgiving? If it falls under those two categories, um, then, then I think, you know, that has to be a key in our music, um, in a key, a key in our praise is, is it magnifying the name of the Lord? Is it bringing, um, thanksgiving to his name and to what he's done? You know, if, if our music is about magnifying who we are and our greatness, there's a problem. Our music should be a testimony, um, to who God is and what he's done in our lives. And we were talking about, um, Ron Hamilton a minute ago and um, before we started this podcast and so many of Ron Hamilton's songs, they've always meant something to me, but after what life has involved these last several years, so many of those songs mean so much more because those songs were written from the heart of a man who knew what it was to walk with God. And those songs are a testimony to who God is. He used a man who was willing to be used to magnify the Lord and to bring thanksgiving to him. And that is what our music is supposed to be about, is magnifying the name of God and praising him with thanksgiving. Um, I think that just honestly sums up what our what our music should be. And I think that's great. And I think David's trying to pull this off here. He's praising the name of God with a song. He's magnifying him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullock that have horns and hoofs. So even me, my voice, uh, for you MKs, the, is that saying that even me singing praise with thanksgiving, uh, that the Lord better, that, that it pleases the Lord better uh, than, a, than a good old steak or a bullock out there with horns? Okay. I think David's referring sacrifice. Um, mm -hmm. This was the day when you would bring your ox, your bullock, um, you brought of your best to yeah. give to God at the tabernacle. This was before the temple. And that, you know, that was back during the, these Old Testament times. That's how you worshiped God um, was to bring your best to be sacrificed. And you couldn't the touch the tabernacle. To the you weren't holy what? enough. To, you couldn't touch the tabernacle or you'd die. Yeah. So you had to bring these sacrifices. And David is saying more than those sacrifices, as vitally important as those were in this dispensation that David was in, it pleased God more to have someone praising his name with a song and magnifying him with thanksgiving. And again, we've talked about this passage before, but this takes me back to the story of Paul and Silas in the Philippian jail in the midst, you talk about being in the midst of quicksand where, where Paul and Silas could have been after being beaten and put in stocks. And at midnight, they are singing praises to God and it moved God so mightily that he shook the prison. And we know that, I mean, the, it was the beginning of the Philippian church there. God used Paul and Silas's magnifying of his name and singing with thanksgiving in the midst of 
their mire in the midst of their trial to to <laughs> to help birth the Philippian church um, and to to glorify himself. And I think there's just we've lost the power behind singing praise to the Lord. You know, our church services should be alive. Our song service should be alive. Our children should love to sing. There should be a joy and life to our music. If it's dead and boring, that's not how God intended for it to be. Um, you know, there should be a gladness. There should be um, a rejoicing, a heart of rejoicing that comes out of our music for who God is. Yeah, there should be. And, you know, David's laying out... Uh, I think an example of the way we should live our life, and it's talking about an example of worship there, uh, to magnify God. And again, magnifying is zero in on him. Make God bigger, make us smaller with our lives, with our actions, and, and by the way, with our worship and our church services. Yeah. We're supposed mm -hmm. to be magnifying God, and, and, and he's bringing mm -hmm. it right down, and I was picking on Stephanie. Many who've listened to this know that uh, Stephanie and Liberty had bad mouthed me at one point, and I've forgiven them. And it says this oh, also. Not bad mouth you. We snickered while you were singing. Okay, so of a different name, uh, they snickered at me, <laughs> laughed at my singing, and hid their faces from it. But you know, in heaven, they're going to have to listen to me sing and worship we God. Asked, we asked and sought your forgiveness. <laughs> This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullock. So look at 32. The humble, that's meeting the poor, the needy, those people whose mm -hmm. lives aren't going great. That's what that idea means there. Shall see this and be glad in your heart shall live that seek God. You know, we're supposed to be an example of worship. We're supposed to be an example of pleasing God. And all joking aside, I'm not going to pick on Stephanie or Liberty anymore about that. I'm, I'm trying to get that out of my system right now. I hit the delete button in my mind and moved it to the trash can. But I think as we look at this, the humble, those people who are in low places, shall see this and be glad, and your heart shall live that seek God. For the Lord heareth the poor and despises not his prisoners. So you know what David's saying here? He's saying the Lord hears from everybody. He's not a respecter of people. But we live in a society that's a respecter of people. We live in a society where you can't go anywhere without people respecting people. I mean, if the if somebody walks into a car dealership wearing a $1,000 suit and a $6,000 Rolex, and I walk in at the exact same time with my Apple Watch on, and I haven't sent that Apple Watch to Liberty yet, but I walk in, and we share our thoughts as we're talking here. But I walk into that same place with my Apple Watch and my Callaway Garden shirt and my uh, uh, Dickie pants and my VA-issued glasses and shoes. They're going to wait on that other guy first because they were specters of men. They're going to say, man, that guy's got to have a bunch of money. That guy's got to have more. But when it comes to God, folks, it doesn't matter how humble or poor we are. It doesn't matter. You know, if we're serving God, we're paying our bills and and, and doing the things we should be doing, I think we're bringing honor to God with whatever resources we have, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, and and I think that's what's going on there. As long as we're working, doing our thing, and and uh, it, it goes on, and, but we're, we're showing them how to worship. We're doing those things. and uh, But the Lord heareth us, and he doesn't despise prisoners, or he doesn't despise people who goofed up. 
Can I tell you something? Our God is a fixer. He fixes things. And he understands people who make mistakes. He hides our sin as far as the east is from the west. So today, you got a mistake in your life? God's got it covered. It's under the blood. Yeah. I mean, isn't that what yeah. you're thinking? Yeah, they, there's... You, you hit the nail on the head, and it made me think of the stories in the New Testament where Jesus talked about those who were respecters of persons. And Jesus set, led the example in being, I mean, he chose a publican for one of his disciples. Wow. Matthew, who the gospel of Matthew, um, he also went by Levi. He was a publican. He was a tax collector. And those people were not looked on favorably. Those were a part of the lower, um, they were viewed <laughs> by the Jewish people as a, the low end of society. And yet that's who Jesus chose. He chose fishermen. You know, when you look at the 12 apostles, they were not all these glorious, pompous people. No, he chose fishermen. He chose a publican. He chose um, this broad range of people, um, of men who weren't all perfectly charming. They weren't all um, men of renown. They weren't all men with a, a beautiful education. He chose people that were messed up. And that's what David is pointing out here that God hears the prayers of the poor. He doesn't despise his prisoners. He doesn't despise those who are feeling like they're in bondage, those who feel like they've been messed over or um, are dealing with baggage. No, he doesn't despise them. And, and David brings us full circle and says, for all of those people, for, for anything and everything that moves, he brings us full circle to what our purpose is to be. Let the heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moveth therein. And no matter your station in life, no matter where you are in the midst of a trial, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Rejoice evermore. We're given those commands to do those things. And sometimes those things are, are those are hard choices. It's hard to thank God. Um after your husband's been shot and killed. It's hard to thank God after someone you love has been killed in a car crash. It's hard to thank God. And yet I have watched people do it over and over and over again. Um, people who have lost a spouse or a child who have been through what we look at as unbearable grief and I'm watching them turn around and praise God. I'm looking at them being a testimony to God's grace and that's what it's all about, because then Jesus Christ is the one receiving the honor and glory. And I think that's what God is using David to encourage us with here is, what's your purpose? No matter what your trial is, no matter who's betraying you, no matter who's messing you over, when we come full circle, we started off this psalm with David sinking. We started off the psalm with him saying, I'm drowning. We end this psalm with him saying, I'm in victory. I'm going to praise God because God is still God. He's still my comforter. He's still my salvation, and I can trust him. Mm, that's good. I, You know, I think, uh, I think you're going to have to sing, I will, I will serve the Lord today. I mean, that is so good. Let the heaven and earth praise him, the seas, and everything that moveth therein. For God will save Zion and will build the cities of Judah, 
that they may dwell there and have it in possession. So he's, I love that. I love this idea. Let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moveth therein. Let us all praise him. Let everything on earth praise him. And then he's talking about Judah. Remember, Judah was not thought very well of at this time. And they're talking about building these wonderful cities there in Judah and things of that nature. They may dwell there and have it in their possession. And then we come down here to 36, Stephanie, and it says, The seed also of his servants shall inherit it, and they that love his name shall dwell therein. So God's reminding us that we have a responsibility to love his name. And when we do that, it's talking about our seed. And we know our seed, don't we? They are the ones that we leave behind. Those are those eight little people that steal your food and eat all your apples and all those things and drive you crazy and things of that nature. Uh-huh. They don't drive me crazy. Yeah, I've talked to you at times. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of them there. There's a couple that are noteworthy of being crazy. And, you know, I tell everybody and all the time. I them to grow me. Yeah. And, and we go through trials for two reasons, <laughs> to get us closer to God and to get others closer to God. And with eight kids, there's always two. I always tell people this. There's always two that are in a knuckleheaded move. And there's one that's usually always in a knuckleheaded move. So when he moves to the happy side when I'm around, there's another two that can step up and take that role of being a knucklehead. I've seen Sammy, who's the least knuckleheaded of all, uh, Stephanie's kids. I've seen him act like a knucklehead before, which is rare, but he does. And I mean, this kid will eat vegetables. You could give him three leaves of lettuce for supper for the rest of his life, and uh, he'll be on his knees praising God, man. He, you know, that's a man there who knows what's going on. But so Stephanie, he's, he's telling us to praise God, to worship him, to be an example that God's going to, that everything on earth is going to worship God and that all these things are going on. So we got to get to this place. So when we're in a place like you, you've experienced terrible loss. You've experienced the tougher things in life. Just being an overseas missionary is hard. Not even to add in being an overseas missionary that uh, was, they were trying to kill you, your children, your husband, and they, and they killed Charles. So how do you get to a point where you become the end of Psalm 69, the good part, where you're worshiping God, where you're all in, how does someone get there who's going through the worst of things? You get there, as we talked about, by being honest. I think for starters, um, being willing to come to terms with where you are, being willing to admit, I'm hurting, I'm struggling, be willing, being willing to say I'm drowning, um, being willing to cry, being willing to be honest with God and saying, Lord, my eyes fail while I wait for you to work, to show yourself strong. Um, honesty is the first step to to coming to the place of healing um, and understanding healing is a process understanding that healing isn't going to be completely over till we get to heaven someday um, and I'm so thankful that God made it a journey because the journey the ultimate journey God has us on is becoming like him changing us into his image making us like Christ and if, if healing happened overnight, we'd become self-sufficient. Yeah. And there is a special gift God gives us who, who have been through trials to get to see God be good in ways that we would have never seen him any other way. 
And being willing to thank him, I think, um, and to praise him as David came to at that end of being able to say, thank you, God. I don't understand your ways. I don't understand why you've allowed this, but I thank you for being God. I thank you for showing yourself strong, even in the midst of the trials, that you're faithful, even in the midst of being betrayed, even in the midst of feeling like those I loved most or trusted most turning on me, you're still God. And I can still trust you because of that. And because of that, I can still smile and I can keep serving you in freedom. And Lord, you take care of those situations. That's not my problem. That's not my battle. It's not my job to try to defend myself. My job is simply to praise you and to serve you. So I think it's a journey. And I think it's that place of thanksgiving. Um, There's a freeing. There's a freedom that comes, you know, There are some nights after a hard day, I just sit down at the piano and play the piano after a hard counseling session and just playing hymns, thinking about the words to those hymns brings a joy and a life back. And so turn on good music. If you're in the midst of a trial that you feel like you're sinking, get out some good music, turn it on. It's so easy now with Apple Music and um, I know Amazon has a music form and I think Sam's, I don't know all the different forms. Um, for me, it's Apple Music is is where I download a lot of things too. Um, but turn on good music. Um, encourage your heart in the Lord as David did and you will find so much peace and joy. God brings joy when we choose to focus on him and thank him. Amen. I think it's right there, friends. I think it's right there. So listen, I'm going to ask Stephanie to sing uh, one of my favorite songs that she does. We'll do the only one verse, but we'll do a verse. I think, is there three verses and I will serve the Lord? Um, There's two main verses and then kind of a third, kind of a third verse. So why don't don't we do one today and uh, we'll come back and visit those other two. I love this song. So this is a this is the song that we will do on our album. It will be dedicated to Charles. So uh, Stephanie's going to go ahead and sing the first verse, I Will Serve the Lord. There marches through thy centuries the martyrs of the cross. All those who choose to follow Christ to suffer any loss. And though their journey led them through the shadowlands of death, the song of their commitment they rehearsed with every breath. I will serve the Lord. I will serve the Lord my God. And if God should choose and my life Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. 
you can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.